Welcome to episode 94 of All the Small Takes. All of a sudden, it's October 14th. It's the middle of October. We blinked, and all of a sudden, it's crisp fall air, at least here in Ohio. I'm sure it's not quite as crisp down in Mississippi where John is, but I'm glad we made it. October is the best month for sports, objectively. So, uh, John, from Mississippi, from where you stand, is it crisp and refreshing, and are the leaves changing? Um, well, we don't have deciduous, but we have one kind of deciduous tree in Mississippi. It's that's native to Mississippi. It's the Tupelo Tupelo tree. Yeah, that's where Tupelo honey comes from. If you're familiar with that. Um, other than that, we don't have any native deciduous trees, so not really. No, no leaves changing. However, we did come back from our trip this weekend to the house, and it was 64 degrees on the inside. Um, so that was pretty nice. That's nice crisp. and chilly. Yeah, nice and crisp. We. Uh, you know, put some sweatpants on and sat around, drank some tea without sweating, which is always nice. Always a plus. <laughs> Lit some pumpkin-scented candles. Actually, we did, yeah. Yeah, lean right Kevin had mac it. and cheese, so I had to, you know, Prison Kate had mac and cheese, so I naturally had to light the pumpkin pumpkin clove candle and inhale that for all of dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noted cheese lover. Uh, Cooper, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh I don't have any information on deciduous trees for you, though. So that's all I got for you. I'm well, sorry. I'm good. Week. Tony Rally, take one point away from you for not knowing. Yeah, you. at um, least one. Several, probably. Uh, Real wow. quick, can you do the state tree? State tree of Ohio? Anyone? It's not the, the Buckeye. It's got to be. Is it? I'm not the asking the you. Buckeye tree? I, I know my state, state tree. Do you know yours? State tree of Ohio. It's got to be. It's the Ohio Buckeye. Yeah. Look at me. Okay. I'm a longtime noted Ohio uh, resident, native, expert. Well, so. you, you beat Cooper to the, to the drive. I know. Exactly. I was Just afraid take, of being wrong. Take note of that. You know, how about your state flower? How about that? You know that one? Buckeye. Still the Buckeye? <laughs> <laughs> the Buckeye leaf. The one that looks like another kind of leaf. I don't know. All right, that's enough on state facts. Um, <laughs> I could do this all day. I mean, I know, I know you can. I think I know almost all of Mississippi state symbols, but for uh, we'll save that for next summer. That's a good July topic. Fire four state symbols. Got it. Oh yeah, oh, let's put that. Put that one. So put dope. a pin in that. Let's put that on the uh, tickler file in the tickler Got that file. Ready to go. Okay. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Small Takes. You can email us all the small takes at gmail.com. Wait, do we still have a Twitter? We do. I should use that, shouldn't I? You should. I thought you I thought you have been using it. You've just been you, you asked for the login. Yeah. I, the login. I've been ghosting on it. I still use it regularly. It's uh, Cooper's burner. Yeah. It is my burner, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really because I don't have a different Twitter account, but sure. We can call it my burner. Close enough. Yeah. You get the point. Um, and yeah, download, subscribe, leave a review uh, on iTunes. So we'll start with relegation update. And we didn't, oh, there was no chatter. No, I know it is. There was no chatter about this. So I, I'm not even sure. Like usually when there's something juicy, John is. Oh, no. Well, you, you, it's because we had an off week, but um a certain English football team is only two points from being in the relegation zone right now, and that would be the Man United. Man United. Uh, 
They are, I think you should almost like phrase it the other way because you're like doing it as this threatening way of like we're going to be relegated. But I think we might assume that they might actually get relegated. So it should be like they're two points clear of relegation is like that's actually a good thing. Kind of shocking. Sure. Sure. They're two points clear of relegation with on tap Liverpool um, this Sunday. So Wagon. Not, Wagon. Not, not sure if they're going to get many points there. And then giant killer Norwich City uh, coming up right <laughs> after them. So it'll be a real battle for the relegation zone when they when they face off against the uh, Canaries. That's what they are. That's um, true. That is a relegation match right there. Meanwhile, Arsenal. Arsenal one point out of second place, breathing down Man City's throat. Um, or, no, sorry, that's weird. Um, breathing down their neck, not their throat. <laughs> 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 I apologize for that imagery. Uh, I guess that works. It's like a Game of Thrones type, like well, it's like mm-hmm. like a CPR sort of thing, um, you know? Yeah. Because sure. Uh, anyway, um, but solidly, <laughs> solidly in in the uh, UEFA uh, Champions League play um, area. So there we go. And then also a little little bonus, real quick, while we're staying overseas. Uh, Bonus international relegation update. Um, the United States blew the doors off Cuba in our opening CONCACAF Nations League game. Um, we won that 7-0. Um, so. is, is this the, what do they call the qualifier um, for World Cup? No. The, the no, no it, what is that? I, I told you. I told you it's the CONCACAF the the Nations hacks. League. Dude, what is the you need a like five doctoral degrees to understand. Honestly, yeah. World Cup qualifying now. <laughs> it's the most because they blew it all up, and I have no idea how it works. Well, there's like an automatic qualifier. Oh my gosh! I don't know how you guys. No, no, we can't go down this rabbit hole we'll literally, it would probably 45. take an hour long podcast to figure out how it works. It's yeah, wild. It's lots of lots of Cayman bank accounts and uh, duffel bags of cash. Panama Papers. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cooper, I have to ask, did you curse Man United by uh, like leaving, by going to one game and leaving? Were you the, like, because they, they dominated when you went, they beat, they beat the doors off of Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I really think the solution's quite obvious. You should be to Manchester. The club should pay for my private airfare from the United States to Manchester so that I can attend every single game. I mean, the That's correlation exciting. is pretty direct. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild, actually. Our biggest win of the season, we scored the most goals, have a shutout. I was there. That's all I'm the correlation say. does imply causation, as we say. Yeah. That's Many what are. I remember learning in my all my stats classes that I took. <laughs> that Notre Dame degree. Um, all right, so moving back to the side of the pond, we have a huge week ahead in the MLS playoffs kicking off. A week from yesterday, right? Are all the games starting on uh, next Sunday? No, there's some next Saturday. No, all MLS playoff games are televised at the exact same time, so you can only watch one at a time. That's that's how the league that's does it. The Major League Baseball strategy. Got to got to protect local markets. Um, you know. Yep. So so they have a new format this year um, that I'm I'm learning up on because I obviously have a, a very significant horse in this race. The Minnesota United FC. Um, I want to know: Are you rooting for or against Minnesota? For, one hundred percent for. 
At what point um, do you start rooting against Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> if we're up in the second half of the LA, like if we second half of second game, like if we oh yeah, so if you play, beat the Galaxy LAFC. and you're beating uh-huh. LAFC, I think right. you got to be legitimately worried <laughs> because LAFC is the odds-on favorite. Like they are. Oh yeah. Like if we get through there, then it's just team. We start hearing Team of Destiny buzz. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. and then uh, there are things on this podcast that I can't I can't take off the record. Um, so we're gonna start though next Sunday night, and if you guys are up for it, I think we should do the podcast during the uh, LA Galaxy Minnesota game. They have this round these round one games that are essentially like playing games, not really playing games because basically oh, the those, what is it? the first round. It's yeah, yeah first round. First it's round. just a first round buy for the overall one seed yeah. for the one seed. Okay. Um, each so we'll be tuned into that and maybe hopefully doing it uh, on the airwaves. Other than um, that game, what of these first round matchups for you guys is most intriguing or which team do you have your eyes on as a, like a dark horse? What, what do you have your, your sights on in that MLS playoffs? Well, I mean, I think the obvious choice are the Philadelphia Union because for some reason we've managed to bury that. I'm the only one whose team made it. I don't know. I don't know why why the Union are getting such short shrift here. But uh, what do you mean? Who's the only one whose team made it? We all know that this this Minnesota United thing is a farce. It's you have no ties. It's not to a farce. Yeah. No ties. They're, no they're, ties we to Minnesota. Picked them, like I, you cannot accuse me of being a bandwagon fan by any stretch. Like they were, they were far from a. Uh, lock at the start of the season. I mean, I, I could still, have picked I still up. Hold by. I mean, night, night, Sporting KC didn't make it. Columbus Crew didn't make it. Uh, the New England Revolution didn't make it. The Revolution did make it. They did. They did. Who cares? Yeah, they went on a little run. Well, oh, Cincinnati oh. didn't make it. There we go. Just to finish off. My Shocker time. that one. Did yeah. they end up? Did they end up breaking the the rec- any of the records? The goals allowed. Got it. Impressive history books. Hang, hang the banner. Yep. <laughs> Cooper, do you have anything in the first round that uh, American soccer fans or like the casual fan should be tuned into? Uh, not really. I mean, I think if you've no, I mean, it's MLS, and if LAFC don't win the cup as well as the Supporters Shield, which they already won, uh, then I think. Something crazy has happened. I will say, I think the only team that in, the team that intrigues me the most is Atlanta United, and they went on like a I don't know, like a streak in kind of the middle of the summer where they were like turning out wins a lot, and then recently they've kind of I don't know went through a kind of bad spell of form, and so it'll be kind of interesting to see how they do in the postseason, especially because I think they're probably the only team in the league who can compete from a talent personnel. Like perspective with LAFC. Um, that's not to say that someone can't beat LAFC, but there is no team in the MLS that has the talent that Bob Bradley has to deal with, like that he has at his disposal. That team is insane. How long until we call up Bob Bradley to the National League team? When is that going to happen? For a second. Is that? Well, I mean, that's what we do, right? We you hire someone else, and then then you bring back the guy for the second step. That's that's kind of the pattern. That's how you win internationally. 
All right. Well, Cooper's sorry. I almost choked into a can or something. <laughs> Cooper was so visibly distraught by that statement. Bob Bradley, even more than Bruce Arena, is probably my least favorite United States coach. That ever. was the height of our power, though. The height of our international power was That's under Bob Bradley. Not saying much at all. The 2010 World Cup. It was it no 2002 yeah, World Cup was definitely. Yeah. Yeah, when we beat Mexico, okay, well, beat Portugal, we, lost to Germany, honest, should have won. It's the nineteen thirty four World Cup where we actually finished third. That's okay. true. You're so right. for, if we're doing that, you're right. If we're John, going like all the way back. Can you name the coach? We didn't have one. <laughs> it was uh, Franklin Roosevelt. They were actually actually all the guys were basically <laughs> just volunteers. Like they like played at some club in like Philly or some city, and they went down, and no one had any any idea what was going on. No one in the United States knew what happened, um, and they came back, and everyone I was like, that, "Sorry, I'm changing the subject real quick because you got me on thinking about this." While we're on the topic of U.S. men's national team coaches, I'm not that satisfied with Bear Holter. Really, you're, you're not trying that to lose patience. Sorry to lose patience already. What a surprise! I think the, the very philosophy. That we're gonna like pick players based off the system that he wants to run, which was an effective system in the MLS, but is pretty dynamic and requires, I think, a decent amount of training that you don't really get at the international level. I just don't get that strategy at all. I think the like at the international level, I literally think you just got to pick your best guys and find the system that fits your best guys, and that is not what he is doing at all. Or you get all your best guys to play on the same club team. And then you just run what the club team does, a la yeah, we're Germany. Not Bayern Munich, and we're yeah, not Spain. Which, by the way, Spain fielded for the first time in the history of Spanish football, uh, fielded a team of eleven players from eleven different clubs. This past weekend, it's the first time it's ever happened. It's pretty wild. Great, mm. cool story. It's been a while. Wait, wait, Come wait, on, let's just wait, cool wait, your from story. No, it's not. Nowhere near as cool. Did you? <laughs> everyone knows what Tupelo Honey is. No one cares about the Spanish national team. None of our listeners care. Zero percent. We do care about bashing the men's national team, and it had, frankly, it had been too long since we'd done that on the podcast. So, I mean, let's let's just forget the fact that we won seven nothing. Let's can we not enjoy that? I mean, I know Cuba is Cuba. a powerhouse, state, and powerhouse the last time we played Cuba. them, their captain defected on the field, um, not defecated, <laughs> defected on the field, um, and. Still, a win's a win. Um, if Bama gets to run up the score against FCS State, why can't we run up the score against uh, Cuba? You know, I guess. Beck, yeah. Did you watch that game? Was so disgusting. No, I didn't watch it. It was against Cuba. It was brutal. Was it even it televised? Was yes. Was FS1. it on Fox? FS1. Mm-hmm. We don't get you know, FS1. No, you lost. Was on the sideline talking about it. I don't get. I don't get that over my antenna thing that All I said. Right. Hey. Moderator Jeff Person shouldn't so we probably move on? Yeah, we should. We're kind of um, slowly dying here. <laughs> yeah, I blame Cooper. You took us down the, the national team rabbit hole, which is and then, and then, a, and then you just a black left hole us. of frustration. Took us down the hole and then walked away. Yep, you know? did. Oh, yeah, I had nothing to add. Um, all right, we're going to do NFL really quickly, and then we're going to get into some college football. So last time we podcast, we did – did we fire coaches or did we recommend we – fired. We no, fired we fired, last time we fired Ron Rivera and Freddie Kitchens. So how are mm. we doing? So Freddie the, Kitchens so, is pretty good. 
let the record show that I was uh, Ron Rivera, Kyle Allen, and Carolina Panthers defender on the last podcast. I was ambivalent because um, they're the Panthers. Cooper did fire them though, so that's a that's a black mark against Cooper. Um, so now, once again, I'm just sick of coaches being bailed out by the fact that they don't understand the talent that they actually have on their roster. AKA Clay Helton at USC and Dan Mullen at Florida. Like just because they can't start the right guy from the beginning and all of a sudden that quarterback has saved their season or saved their job is ridiculous. I still think Ron Rivera should be fired and not like for, I mean, he's, he's fired in our, in our reality <laughs> that we have created on this podcast which I don't endorse anyway. If we want to talk about philosophy later, I don't. We can't create our own reality. That's a very important part of objective truth. But anyway, Ron Rivera has been fired. Um, two head coaches have been fired: Ron Rivera and Freddie Kitchens. That means we have thirty head coaches left. Jeff has fired another head coach. I have Cooper. Do you know who that head coach is? Well, there are a couple possibilities. Well, there are. Two, are you really going to fire Zach Taylor from the Bengals? Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, okay. year one. Still employed. Who has GM Jeff fired? Well, he's not going to fire Jason Garrett. Well, yeah, Is he going to fire beforehand. Jason Garrett? We no, said beforehand. No, no. I'm said done, I'm done playing that game. I'm, I'm absolutely done with that. Everything about that. Whole no, I don't know who you're firing. I'm sorry. Jeff, would you like to reveal who you fired? Who, who yeah, you I'm had Dan breakfast Quinn. with at I'm 5 this Dan. morning? I'm firing <laughs> Dan Quinn. <laughs> yeah. I called him into the facility. Um, yeah, I fired Dan Quinn twice, actually, because yeah. the Falcons are a train wreck. And talk about a team that, on its face, is talented, and it's just been grossly, I don't know, mismanaged, maybe broken spiritually by a certain comeback in the Super Bowl. Uh, so Dan Quinn, oh, I yeah, think you go ahead and credit yourself for that one. Yeah, yeah. no, I think the bigger problem is breaking a franchise. I mean, no, breaking a whole just... city, if we're being honest. Yeah, a whole state. Why not yeah. go for the whole state? Just they, go for it. They have had a rough, and I mean rough, like two weeks between. I mean, game five of a of a baseball playoff series. And you're oh, down I forgot about run. that. That was beautiful. <laughs> That yeah. was beautiful. I don't like the Cardinals very much, but that was beautiful. Anyway, okay. yeah, Dan Quinn, I think he actually will probably not make it through the season. Dan Quinn, BYU. No, he's probably not going to. So, yeah, I fired him. All right. Um, yeah, no, I think we can actually draw a line between Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan and say that Kyle Shanahan obviously took the playbook and Dan Quinn hasn't asked for it back yet. Um, so probably a problem. <laughs> Or hasn't realized it's missing yet. That's probably the bigger issue. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like, a team with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Matt Ryan should not be 1-5. I mean, you could run Alabama's offense. Yeah. Which is basically just slants, and they'd probably still be successful at it. Yeah. Uh, did anyone else fire head coach? John, did you fire head coach? Um, I was considering firing um, a couple people. Uh most prominent among them, Sean Sean McVay. Um, but wow. <laughs> decided not to pull the trigger. I mean, because I really, I think Jason Garrett would be the one I would fire. But I know Jason Garrett will never be fired. Um, he's he's got some dirt on Jerry Jones. We all know that. Um, he knows where the bodies are buried. Perhaps he knows, or maybe more aptly, the spas. Um, but you know, we'll uh, 
cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> so you're not firing a head coach? Not firing a head coach. Not firing a head coach. Okay, Cooper, would you like to fire a head coach? I want to know in our fictional universe that we've created, are we still, is Jay Gruden still hired? Uh, yeah, he is. He hasn't been fired yet. Okay, well, I'm going to fire Jay Gruden. Okay. Are you going to call him in at 4 a.m.? Uh, no, 5, because he's used to it. He's used to it. <laughs> you, can, you can at least let him get like an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> call, call him in at like 6. Maybe have some donuts in the lobby. Yeah. Here, take these with you. That is, that, that is so hilarious and sad at the same time. Just like a hilarious <laughs> image. Yeah. And so Redskins. And so it, is. it is. It is so Redskins. They're awful. And I don't, I don't think Jay Gruden is nearly, even not even close to 100% of the fault in Washington, but some of the blame definitely lies on Well, him. I mean, this time last year, it, the, the, team, the Redskins had been decimated by injuries, and they were somehow still winning games. Like, yeah, I think going into November they were in the division. Like they were going to win. They they were in play to win the division, and the Cowboys weren't, and the Eagles were just like futzing around with the ball. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean he he did pretty grossly mismanage Dwayne Haskins at least initial NFL. Oh, dude, his career is well, over. it's because he got forced. He got forced he, to start him. It's the Brady. Is. It was the Brady Quinn situation. He didn't start him though. He he put him in. Was it like? Midway, it wasn't even after halftime. It was like yeah. in the middle of a quarter. Yeah, he is Josh Rosen two point oh. His I'm career is that yet, over, but... over. He's done. Jeff, he's smells. done. Donzo he's got that stink on him. Cooper, Donzo. I'm disappointed in you, Cooper. I mean, this is your boy. I don't want no. him to be done. I still think he's a good player, but I do think the NFL does this. It's what they the did. NFL to Brady ruins Quinn. the careers of players who I actually think are good. They did it most notably to Tim Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> Who's who greatest, I still think is... greatest crime was beating the Steelers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, what quarterback? You probably couldn't go. No, we're not going to talk about Tim Tebow. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tim yeah, Tebow. Yeah, let's do it. You probably hey. couldn't go through the history of the NFL and find another quarterback outside of like for age reasons to go from winning a playoff game like the year before to never ever starting. Like again, that's probably like when does that happen? Never. Well, I mean, never. If we're gonna be honest, I mean, Colin, Colin Kaepernick hasn't been starting in the NFL, but well, that would be another one. But that's another one. I think. But also, totally, hundred percent. He was, he was demanding a lot of other money too. Uh, on could top you, of that, but could you put? Um, yeah, but I mean, oh no, you couldn't. Never mind. The Steelers are starting. Whatever his name is, Duck. The guy that died even... when he hit the hit the ground before no, he even Mason, hit the ground. Not, not Mason Rudolph. Duck. Duck. Something. His name and, is Duck. And Colin Kaepernick is just chilling. Well, I mean, he hasn't played competitive football in how long? I don't know. I don't know. Never mind. I didn't mean to open that Pandora's box. I just you, you baited me into doing it. I don't know why, but uh, um, gosh, what could have been with Brady Quinn and Tim Tebow in the NFL? Could have been wonderful. We'll never know. Meanwhile, no, Dwayne has meanwhile done. Baker Baker McPonchboy gets every single shot to run around and have his passes swatted into the dirt and doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to take any of the blame for them losing. Well, that's because Freddie Kitchen is a pretty he's a pretty bad coach. So, They're all bad. So we, They're all he's bad. He's been fired in our universe. Yeah, he is. He's not who's the head coach of the Browns right now? <laughs> we we've got to hire someone. Lincoln Riley. Odell. 
Okay, well, Lincoln Riley is the first name out. So Lincoln Riley is the new head coach of the Browns. This changes our CFP picture, too, then. It does. But no, this is just the NFL. Just the NFL. Oh, uh, okay. This is like a tangent universe. It is, yeah. There's we got to chart this out. Okay. We will. All right. Uh, anything else in the NFL? Cooper, it's pretty bleak in Cincinnati. I didn't know football existed in Cincinnati, at least in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, nippers, the nip's rocking, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely is. Is that what they call it? Do they call it the nip? Does anyone call it that? They should. They should. <laughs> I'm but sure. Once upon a time, once upon a time, John lived. John lived, lived in the nip. <laughs> Fourth floor nip, yeah. Yep. Good times. All right. I'm just going to leave that there. Shout out, uh, nippers. Shout out, nippers. Okay, let's move on to college football then. Um, <laughs> since Cooper doesn't acknowledge the NFL, I have no response. Uh, not his universe. Not his. <laughs> so we're going to do a quick Notre Dame midterm evaluation, and then we're going to do our usual pick six. But Notre Dame's on a bye this week, so we wouldn't have a chance to talk about them otherwise. Coming off uh, win over USC, rivalry win, uh, three point win. But the the last touchdown by USC was in kind of garbage time. Needed a, an onside kick recovery that Brian Kelly was. Did you did you guys see that the Brian Kelly? Yeah. Uh, no, nothing was to, called. Who cares? Maybe, nothing maybe, was maybe called. Field an onside kick. Move on. Man, that would have yeah. been so awesome if he like recovered it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, so Notre Dame five and one as we stand here today at the midway point in the season. I want us each to give a letter grade in the spirit of midterms, uh, a letter grade to Notre Dame's season thus far. Um, and I'm going to start with Cooper because I feel like John is going to, um, if we're talking about like class average, the, the bell curve, John's going to oh. be on one, on one end of the curve. We're going to give a GPA? Let's do it. I'm going to do a GPA. Yeah, let's do, do a Notre Dame GPA. Uh, Cooper, what, how would you uh, assess? I'd give him an A minus. Oh, okay. all right. 3.67. I mean, this is exactly what I expected them to be. Um, so, but they didn't exceed my expectations in any like way. I expected them to lose to Georgia. They did actually look better against Georgia than I thought they were going to. Um, and in general, I think it's been pretty good. Granted, I guess we kind of let up against USC, but I think haven't we? We Notre Dame's covered the spread. In all their other games, I might be wrong about that. Well, okay, we did against Louisville, Georgia. I don't know if we covered. We didn't against spread. Louisville. We missed a five point against Louisville. Yeah, did we covered Virginia. We covered. We covered. Yeah, Virginia. yeah we did. So, yeah. I think in general, Notre Dame's been pretty good. I'm pretty happy with how the season's been going so far. And actually, I think I said going in that I thought Notre Dame was going to end the season with two losses. That second one being to Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really see that one happening anymore. So. I'd say they're better situated than I kind of thought they were going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I was between actually, believe it or not, a B plus and an A minus because I was thinking about what did I want them to do this year at this point in time. And obviously, I wanted them to be 6 0 at this point in time. And what have I gotten? And I've gotten 5 and 1 with a pretty good, you know, pretty good loss the game in terms of that game execution and stuff. Um, the offense has been inconsistent, but like looking, actually thinking about what Notre Dame looks like when I watch them, um, they honestly remind me a lot of a, an upper tier SEC team that I've watched, like just generic upper tier SEC team that you watch. 
not necessarily the uh, the Alabama, not necessarily Alabama, but just kind of the next step below where you're like, yeah, they're going to win this game. And you're watching it, and you're normally think, thanks for bringing that bird over here, Dante. Do you want to not play with it while I'm recording? Um, Shout out, Dante. It's a texted giraffe. Uh, but all right, yeah, thanks, bud. Um, so <laughs> anyway, where are they? But, but so, so you know, Notre Dame's bludgeon teams with the passing game. This past week, we ran USC into the ground um, with at, with Tony Jones Jr. basically being it um, in terms of running backs. Um, and the offensive line came out. I mean, LSU, LSU, USC's got actual athletes. So I don't, I don't care what you have in terms of coaching, but when you can just run through guys, that's a good sign. So I think we're in a pretty good spot. Um, someone asked me what we needed to do to win, to win the playoff, and I said we needed to cover the spread in every one of our remaining games, and we didn't do that against USC. So I think that's a problem um, moving forward. I think we do have to dominate if we're going to actually get to where I want us to do get be at, which is in the playoff. But all things considered, I mean, this looks like probably what Brian Kelly envisioned his teams would look like when he came here, or especially after year three, going into year four, where we're on track to what a lot of people expect to be a double-digit win season. Um, You know, it's going to be our third out of four years, second in a row. We're going to have the most home wins in a four-year span since Lou Holt. Like, we're, we're into the... When, when people compare what the team is doing now, we're not comparing them to Bob Davies' team or Tyron Willingham's one good team or Charlie Weiss's two good years. We're actually, and we're not comparing them to the 96 team or the 95 team. We're into 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, kind of Lou Holtz's glory years where he, he had the Irish really rolling. And, and that's where we are. And there's no indication, especially on the recruiting front, which I think is kind of low-key news, but we went... And we stole a guy out of Georgia. We stole a guy out of Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Two really highly rated skill players. Okay, well, whatever. They're highly rated wide receivers along the lines of Braden Lindsay, who if we can figure out how to get them on the field on a regular basis, the team is going to look really different moving forward. So, Also, real quick, bonus points to Brian Kelly. He had something at a press conference earlier where he was talking about someone was asking him about like what his legacy was going to be. And he kind of laughed the question off and was like, well, I'm not going to be here in 2028 or 2029, but we had someone call us and want to say, schedule a home and home, some team from the South. And they wanted to do theirs in September and then come up here in September. And I said, oh, no, you're going to be here on the last game in November and you're going to uh-huh. get to feel what, what it's like in South Bend. Um, uh-huh. So super stoked for that moving forward. If, we do, if indeed we do play Florida in November, uh, you know, in the near future. But. Um. Bonus, bonus points to Brian Kelly for getting a little salty with a USC assistant and a little halftime skirmish. Yeah, I like, I like, I like the show of emotion from Brian Kelly. Like he is, he, emotion that's not like purple face screaming at uh, Tom Reese. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially now that Tom Reese is on his staff, that would be yeah. not good. I mean, sure. You play a temple. <laughs> Ugh, we don't talk about it. No, we don't talk about that one. Um. So yeah, A minus for me too. So A minus for you. I'll I'll be a little more strict, uh, and I'll give a B plus because just to I mean this is the uh, the forced bell curve. But um, so what I've been impressed with is our ability to win in different ways. We we won it against Virginia with our defense dominating. We won against USC with our run game dominating. Which if you'd watched Notre Dame against Georgia four weeks ago, 
I mean, Georgia's a different opponent, but our run game was non-existent. I think the offensive line has started to come along in a way that is going to hopefully provide more balance once Ian Book hopefully finds his footing. And that's he is the biggest reason I think I would knock us down to a B plus. The expectations were so high for him uh, going into this year, at least amongst Notre Dame circles. Like he wasn't in the like the the top tier quarterback discussion, but I think amongst Notre Dame fans, people expected him to be in that right second like group. And he just hasn't been. He's been very inconsistent, very up and down. And thankfully the rest of the schedule doesn't really necessitate him being elite or anything close to it the way it's laid out but for Notre Dame to be a playoff quality team he needs and and to blow the doors off teams and really make statement the rest of the season he needs to be better yeah so I give him a B what does that bring our GPA B plus sorry what does that bring our GPA to 3.55 all right is that so not cum laude I think it's cum laude. Okay. Magna is 3.8. Yeah, 3.80. And Suma's 3.90, I think, if I remember. All right. So Notre Dame makes the playoff if Cooper. I don't think it's very likely. Uh, but I had to give a scenario. Um, Oklahoma loses. And... Clemson loses. I think both the ACC and the Big 12 have to be eliminated. I think it's probably the only way it happens. John? Um, I think Notre Dame covers the spread in all of our remaining games. Um, and I think uh, yeah, we need one or two conference champions have a loss. Yeah. I mean, we need we need two conference champions to be Two lost teams, I think. Like, I don't think we need to, we need to be two 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 lost teams. I think amongst the one lost teams, we talked about this beforehand. Florida and Notre Dame have the best losses. That's and the committee has also said that they don't consider losses or I don't know whatever their their silly criteria is. Um, I mean, but the reality is, is we lost in September, and any losses moving forward are going to be in. October, late October, and November. And historically, that has mattered way more than anything else. Um, we lost in September on the road to a very good SEC team, regardless of what on earth they did against South Carolina last weekend. Um, that was bizarre. Um, but, I mean, if they have all these weird metrics, and if you move that game to a neutral site and you make it a toss-up or whatever, then Notre Dame, instead of being beaten by Georgia by one point, by one point becomes essentially akin to Georgia. Um, that's not a bad loss. Uh, you can Georgia can lose however many other games they want to lose this year. I don't think it's going to be a bad loss. Um, what we need is we need Oklahoma to lose. That's pretty much it. Because um, once Oklahoma loses, their strength of schedule is going to unravel. Because they're going to lose to Iowa State, and then they'll have to play Iowa State again. Um, so they get a chance to redeem it, but I don't know if it really matters at the end of the day. I think so you, the problem. Sorry, I think part of Notre Dame's problem is going to be the fact that there aren't many opportunities for high-profile wins yep. outside of Michigan. Yep, none. And moving forward, yes. moving forward. And what our next best win is going to be Virginia, Louisville. Who? 
Okay. The yeah. ACC is total garbage. It is. It is. Louisville is, is they're, people, they're now fighting the Pac-12 for who can be the worst Power 5 conference. And I think well, they might be winning. They are there's, winning. I mean, Pac-12 is USC good. Is, USC is actually, I think, tied or close to the top for the lead in their half of the Pac-12. I think they still control their des- their own destiny for the for the Pac-12 title, whatever that gives gives you. So there's, I mean, there's a chance we have a win over the Pac-12 champion, whatever on earth that actually amounts to. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I just I think you can boil it down. Granted, it's, it's October; things are going to change. But as like the picture kind of looks at now, it's like you have teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia who are going to be playing like high profile games between now and November. And Notre Dame is not, I think in that same picture. And so I think out of those teams I just listed, I think honestly, it's pretty likely you get three of them. Uh-huh. And I, don't... I could be totally wrong, but that's what I see. And so I think Notre Dame is honestly in a battle with Oklahoma Clemson and teams like that. Because I, th- if Oklahoma or Clemson lose, I don't see what I think Notre Dame has just as good of an argument as either of those teams do. Because Clemson's schedule is garbage; they are essentially playing in the MAC. It's like what their schedule is like. If they lose a game, they should not be put in the playoff. Uh-huh. Right, but I mean, I don't. I don't think they're going. I don't. I mean, it's, it seems highly unlikely that Clemson will lose a game, but. Um, I forgot what you said earlier, and I was going to respond to it. I was just saying teams like Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Georgia, oh, LSU, I mean, and Alabama. You, you talk about high-profile wins. So Wisconsin has a win over a Michigan team that Notre Dame's going to get a chance saying, to play. I was saying remaining. Yeah. The potential for huge wins. But Notre Dame Wisconsin, doesn't have that. If Wisconsin gets a huge win, then that huge win is over Ohio State. What if right. Wisconsin beats Ohio State and then beats Penn State in the Big Ten Championship? The Both of those wins are better than any win Notre Dame has on its resume. Right, so Wisconsin gets in, but we don't have to beat Wisconsin. And then why wouldn't Ohio State be favored over a Notre Dame team who also beat Penn State? Because Ohio State didn't win their conference. And I know that doesn't always matter. but They would have the same number of wins as Notre Dame yeah. and better wins and probably look who, better doing it. Who would their, who would their, wins, who would their better wins be? Well, Penn State would be infinitely better than any Notre Dame win. They would but tie look, the second best Notre Dame win, which is Michigan. And Ohio State's then, third best win is probably better than Notre Dame's second best win, which would be Cincinnati, which is crazy. But that's honestly like kind of where Notre Dame schedules at. But Cincinnati's going to end up with a season with at least two losses, and they're not going to win. The American, the American Conference. Because Temple's going to beat them, and Temple's going to win the America. Go okay. Owls. We're we're peeking ahead to our pick six. I, I just think to put a like to close this up. Um, this will could very likely be the first year that Notre Dame really feels the bite of not having a conference championship game, not having a thirteenth data point. Because in years past, they've had, like, the only other year was 2017 was when they were in serious contention. They ended up having two losses. But if they're a one-loss team, barring complete chaos, I think they will be on the outside looking in. And I think the committee will will 
insinuate that the 13th data point conference championship, all that, that sort of rhetoric will come up uh, as an argument against Notre Dame. But at the same time, I think if that happens, then you're going to see a lot rolled out about how Alabama and, well, not, not the Big Ten teams, but Alabama and, and Oklahoma actually don't have 13 data points, then we have 12 because one of their data points is against an FC, FCS school. I don't think uh, that means where Oklahoma's can... repeated data point when they play a yeah. team that they've already played earlier in the season. Yeah, one, one true champion. Right. I think I think that there's a lot that could actually go into playing that. The the key is the loss. Um, and Oklahoma has shown a uh, shown an ability to lose um, just because they they've actually played some slightly close games. But um, you know who knows. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, let's do the pick six for this week. Uh, so this is week eight? No, seven. Week seven of college football. Uh, no, it's week eight, isn't it? Uh, we had week zero, and Notre Dame has played every week since. <laughs> that's through it all. Or, or, no, we've had two by we, we, no, it's week eight. weeks. It's week eight. So, yeah. Wow, week eight, man. Uh, all right, so pick six standings. If you've been betting with us, which I don't think any of you have, um, you would be making some money so far because uh, I am 13 and five Cooper is 11 and seven and John is 10 and eight. So it's a, it's like, I don't know. We were, we, maybe we should start investing, but then of course immediately the tables would switch and we would be terrible. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. Uh, so week eight, there aren't, ton of huge marquee games there are three ranked uh matchups two of them are from the pac-12 the aforementioned pac-12 which i think is better than people give it credit for uh, so we'll start there and we'll start with uh oregon at washington oregon is a three-point favorite in that game uh are we doing this in terms of like the same order so i start because best record yep. goes yep, yep. So I'm going to tease some uh, playoff thoughts, at least like or at least uh, thoughts on the Pac-12 here. I think Oregon is is really good. They stomped the Jesus out of Cal last weekend, um, and I think they're going to handle Washington on the road. So I'll take the Ducks, Cooper. Gosh, I wish I would have gone first. All right, I'm just going to stick with my gut. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon here as well. Uh, I think Oregon's playing really good football. I think we forget that in all reality, they were the better team against Auburn. Uh, yes. We were just all excited Thank about you. Bo Nix. Um, and so I think Oregon wins here. That being said, I don't think they're just going to run over Washington. Like that's a hard place to go win a football game. And it's not like Jacob Eason's having a bad season. Well, he's not having a great season. No, and I don't think they'll run over them, but I think they'll end up winning by more than three points. They're not going to win yeah. forty-five to three like they just did against Cal. So, Cooper, you like Oregon as well? Yep. Okay, John. Yeah, I mean Washington has two bad losses: one to Stanford and one to Cal um, by a combined eleven points, and they've got some garbage wins. Um, I don't really know. It's the Pac-12, so I watch even less of their games than everyone else's games that I watch. Um, so I'll go with Oregon because I I don't trust Washington. Um, Oregon five and one right now. There is a chance that they close big, uh, 
and somehow sneak into the playoffs. But anyway, I'll take Oregon. All right. The other ranked Pac-12 game is Arizona State at Utah. Utah is a 14-point favorite at home. Um, Arizona State, though, the Fighting Herms are very much alive. They also only have no. They have two losses. Yeah. No. How many losses do they have? All right. Give me a second. <laughs> Wait. They lost to Colorado. They yeah, have one loss. They're a one-loss team. Um, but Utah also one-loss team. They lost to uh, USC. This one, I have to take Utah. Utah is definitely the more explosive team. They're playing at home. Um, Arizona State, we're going to win. It would need to be, I think, a low-scoring game, and I don't see that happening. So I'll take uh, Utah. Cooper? I don't really want to take Utah because Utah really disappointed me last time. Um, and I picked them in that USC game. <laughs> so they really let me down. Um, and 14 points is a lot of points. Um, this is backdoor cover city here. It's definitely backdoor. Yes, but I'm going to take Utah. I think ultimately they pull ahead and then their rushing attack allows them to kind of keep the lead. Okay, um, well, I don't watch the Pac-12, like I just said, and after a quick perusal <laughs> of their records, um, you someone expressed concern about Arizona State's able, ability to keep up. They beat Washington State last weekend. And, <laughs> Fair um, point. I mean, that's, that's all Washington State does is score points. They don't play defense. So I don't, I don't know what that means for anything, but I'll, I'll take care of it. Words. Why not? You, you got just to be to, different. To, get, to get some points back. Got to deviate to try and try and climb back up the ladder here. Um, all right, John Temple is the next one yeah. up, and people Temple, I saw Temple at SMU. They're uh, seven and a half point underdogs. People thought that this should have been game day over. Is it Michigan Penn State? I think it's game day. It's coming week. That sounds That's basic. Right. Uh, so. Temple at uh, SMU, who SMU undefeated still? Yeah, I think by the skin of their teeth they are. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really, really... Oh, that was the Tulsa... They beat Tulsa in overtime. That was the game where Tulsa recovered an onside kick for a touchdown. Um, like, it, sure. was a, it was like a true kickoff that they just, like, misplayed. It was yeah, the most college football yeah, play SM, ever. SM, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, uh, SMU lost. They're not undefeated. They did indeed lose to Tulsa. No, they didn't. Okay, what what is Google telling me? My gosh, Google they has won 40, they, 43 they, to 37. They beat Tulsa. Time. Yeah. Google has Tulsa beat SMU 43 to 40. That was last year. No, that was several years ago. That was 2016. The yep, Mississippi great. internet. Whoa. Strikes. All again. right. All right. So who are you taking? You taking the ponies? You playing the ponies, um, Jeff? I have no clue about either of these teams, but yeah, I'll take SMU. Pony excess. Do you know who coaches SMU? I don't. Disgraced Cal coach Sonny Dykes. Mm. Tutor of um, what's his face? The guy out in. <sighs> Didn't he coach Aaron Rodgers? At Cal? Yeah. Mm. 
I don't know. Sure. That might have been before his time. <laughs> Cooper. Temple's an interesting team, just going off their schedule. The fact that they, they just beat super interesting. Just beat, just beat Memphis. Uh, well, I mean, Cooper. Let's not forget, Temple has a huge win on their resume against noted Maryland. Big Ten, noted yeah, Big Ten powerhouse Maryland. Yeah, once good Maryland. Um, and they beat Georgia Tech by a lot, but then they like have lost to, their losses to Buffalo. Like, why they lose to Buffalo? Buffalo. Why does that happen? Um. So, Temple seven and a half point dogs. I'm. I'll take Temple. Why not? Yes. I'm also going to ride with Stella. For those of you who don't know, Stella is Temple's live owl mascot that's on the sideline. Not to be confused with Hooter, who is their um, uh, whatever anthropomorphic owl that they have on the sideline. <laughs> Okay, uh, Michigan at Penn State is, I think it is game day. Um, Penn How State is this game? Oh, Michigan. I thought it was Michigan State at Penn State. And I was like, I'll go ahead and go. Game? Penn State by 50. <laughs> no confidence in Michigan? <laughs> no, no. And everyone's going to be like, well, Michigan scored points against Illinois. It was Illinois. Like, and it was closer, just, way closer than it should have been. It wasn't until, like, that was one of those games where the scoreboard doesn't really, I think, reflect the nature of the game. Um, I don't think Michigan knows how to play offense. And, I, like, I will repeat this until I'm dead. Um, Michigan has no offensive identity. It's like they want to play five different styles of offenses, and they don't know what they're doing. And I don't think any of this is on... Okay, I should probably put some of this on Shea Patterson. But I think when you ask the quarterback to like be a spread quarterback and then be a West Coast offense quarterback and be a power run, eye formation, play action type of quarterback, like it's going to be hard on him. And I think Michigan loses, and I just think we're heading towards Jim Harbaugh being fired. And then going to coach the Browns? Sure, why not? <laughs> I don't. Or Ohio I'm State. about done with Jim Harbaugh. No way in the world. He's not even a coordinator <laughs> at Ohio State. He can like mop the floors or something. If, if we, hey, we're we, there is noted concern from this uh, podcast about uh, Ryan Day's health. You never know. <laughs> he might have to take a step away after you know having having a heart attack or something. And you're telling me Michigan's going to go into Penn State in a whiteout? At night and and win that game. It's a, conditions. It's a joke. It's a night game. You're right. Yeah. You, know, you just talked me into it. Penn State is Penn State looks. They've won in a lot of different ways. So like they they went to Iowa and and grinded it out, which I don't think is insignificant. Like Iowa is a notoriously really tough place to play. They have a very like imposing style of football. They've also blown the doors off of Maryland and and pretty soundly beat Purdue. Um, I think okay. they're, they're going to dominate here. So a couple of things. Maryland and Purdue, not good football teams. And they half handled Purdue's, they handled Half of Purdue's them. football team is injured. All right? So I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you, you can look at that. You can circle that data point. Do. I don't think you can circle that data point and just say, you know what? They're going to win. They're good to go. Also, I'm not convinced Iowa is actually good this year. Okay, I mean, but even if they're not good, they, going there at night but is not also, easy. Also, 
when was the last time Penn State won a big game? Like they they haven't done it in a couple of years. They haven't done it since they what went into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State. Uh, that wasn't in the horseshoe. Thank you very much. It was two years ago in Penn State. Yeah. yeah. I think their team was better last year, and they, they choked on every single one. And I think Jim Harbaugh's coaching for his job, and gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself into picking Michigan. But it would also be just like Michigan to totally lay an egg this week and then be just a garbage game for us that doesn't matter anymore. Um <sighs> Not a Big Ten fan. Not a huge Big Ten fan. I, I have zero confidence in either one of these teams to actually win this game. I'm going to go on record saying that. The, <laughs> stay the, away. Uh, yeah, I, I want to stay away. I don't want to bet this. No. Then, you, um, then, you, then you take a, a lost point no matter what. No, yeah. So I got, I'm going to have to take Penn State because it's... <sighs> all right. So we're all aligned there. Uh, let's do these last couple quickly because John, John, I threw this in for you. Um, but there really aren't that many good games this weekend. And LSU is at Mississippi State. Going to uh, Stark Vegas. Going to Stark Vegas. Not a uh, tough place to play this year, at least. Um, and LSU has looked dominant. They are 19-point favorites, and I think they will cover that with ease. Yeah, I mean, a huge problem is Joe Moorhead is still in fall camp trying to decide which quarterback to start. Um, and he has one guy who has no shoulders now, um, and he has a freshman. <laughs> Have you seen the highlights of this freshman? Is he the one who got helicoptered against K-State? Yeah. He has done stuff like that every game. Like He's not going to survive if you play him in a full game against you know an SEC squad that's not fully kitted. Uh, that, that's, I mean, fully, you know, fully staffed up. Because he's just going to – he just jumps. It's insane. I've never seen – a quarterback who just jumps like I mean Robert Griffin III ran with you know reckless abandon and lost both of his knees as a result but this guy leaves the ground honestly expecting that he's going to land again on his own two feet and he doesn't he never does he's like Peter Pan um sorry Cooper it's your pick so I know I've enticing you to take the Bulldogs there <laughs> also but in other news Bully back to full strength this weekend after those okay. trash Auburn players ran over him mm-hmm. um Good dog. Trash. 13 out of 10. Yeah, I don't think LSU has given me a reason not to pick them yet, so I'll just take them, cover the spread. Joe Burrow has been pretty incredible. What's it, he had, I think, did he finish this way? Like, with more touchdowns than he did in completions against Florida? Sure, I, I believe it. I, I mean. I, yeah, we're at a point where that's believable, which tells you. <clears throat> I'm also pretty sure his, like, average yards per attempt is like above 10 it's wild um yeah i just there's no way mississippi state stops lsu we're at the point where as many touchdowns as incompletions he had three touchdowns three incompletions we're at the point where joe burrow espn is going to have you believe joe burrow should win the heisman but all the heisman voters are going to do something dumb they're gonna have jalen hurts win it and it's because they exist in two separate universes Just like Manti and Johnny Manziel. All right. Just like Manti and Johnny Manziel. It's true. It's very true. All right. So we're all on LSU here. And Manti's girlfriend. They were three different universes. (laughs) (sighs) That was touche. That was good. (laughs) And Urban Meyer's pizza. No. Mm, That's in one of those universes. Because that was 100% real. 
sad, but, but real. Sad but real. Sad but real. <laughs> that was objectively what, what, true. What was that after? Was that after Penn State? After, no, that was, it was after, after the, the Michigan State Big Ten championship game. Yeah. Uh, and Urban Meyer's game. reaction to that game was very similar to my reaction to that game. He said, I didn't have pizza. I just went to bed. Cried. <laughs> Jeff knows. I did. That was sophomore year. Can't confirm. Uh, all right, last last game, and this was really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Clemson at Louisville, the surprising four and two Louisville. Um, the over under in this game is sixty two and a half. This to me just like Louisville scored sixty two points on their own last weekend against Wake Forest. Wake so, Forest. We got to put that in context. They scored that many points on their own against Wake Forest. Yes. Yes. But I think this is dumb brain over. Um, uh, it's at Louisville, if that matters. I don't think it does. At the, the artist formerly known as Papa John Stadium. Um, so I'll take the over for funsies. Uh, Cooper? So I need Louisville to get like 10 points. That's kind of what yeah. I'm figuring. Yeah, that would work. No, no, you need 50, Louisville to get more than 55 that. 55 to 14 would get you there. Yeah, I was thinking more like, but 50 to 10 does not. <laughs> it does me. not. Yeah. Um, well, 50 is not a football number. No, it's not. 50 is not. Um, 52 is, though. 52 is a pretty good football number. But so is 55. 55 10 does get it. And yep. because of that, I'll go with Dover. <laughs> I love that math. I love that logic. Yeah, I'm going to take the under uh, just because the couple times I've taken the over it has not hit. So This is actually, John probably makes the most intelligent bet out of all of us because Clemson, in all seriousness, has kind of looked sloppy and Louisville isn't very good. So this could easily be like 40 to 7. I mean, I watched one Louisville game this year and it was disappointing. So mm-hmm. we'll see how this one goes. All right. All right. Lead pipe lock time. Transition. Um, does someone have my record? You won your last lead pipe. One and three, I think. One and three. Sure. We'll what go with what that. was your last one? Was that the, the Ivy League one? Harvard. Yeah, it was Harvard over Brown. Yeah. Brown, not a member of the Ivy League anymore. That Sorry, of, one yeah, and two. One and two. One and two. One and two. Great. So almost 500. This is the week we get back to 500 because <laughs> this is the week we battle. We pick things sanely. Um, Pittsburgh is playing Syracuse. Um, oh, crap. Wait, hold on. I thought Pittsburgh was not favored against Syracuse. Let's go back real quick. As we um, know, we can't rely on John's Googling. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, got to sure go way, way back. Back, back, <laughs> yeah. back. Back, 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 uh, uh, Football Vegas. Come on. Um, anyway, I was going to pick them because Syracuse is really bad at football and life in general. Um, and because Jim Bayham won't be on the sideline to pick his nose and right, will his team to victory that way. You ready? Yeah. Pit by, by three and a half. Does that change? Pit favored by three and a half? That changes yeah. it a bit. Ooh, a field yeah. goal doesn't do it. Yeah. No. Outside of the football number. All right. Yeah. Uh, Four is not a football number. Let's see. Let's see. I got another one in here somewhere. Kind of is. Um, Twenty-one seventeen. Twenty-one seventeen. That's a very football number. That's very looking football. For, looking for a garbage game. 28, twenty-eight, twenty-four. That's nah, all, all kinds of numbers nah. that can get you there. Um, all right, I had one. 
Indiana, uh, Indiana is playing Maryland this weekend. And the line? Um, the line is Indiana by three. I don't like that either. Oh, All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Florida Atlantic favored by four over Marshall. Um, Florida Atlantic coded, coached, coded, coded by Lane Kiffin, also coached by Lane Kiffin. Um, I have no idea how either of their seasons has gone thus far besides Florida Atlantic getting the stuffing kicked out of them by Ohio State. Was that this year or was that last? That was this year. That was this yeah. year. Great. Um, so Marshall, you know, they're scrappy guys. Randy Moss went there. They probably eat coal for breakfast while these Florida Atlantic guys are soft Nancy Florida boys. So, um, yeah, take Marshall. Give him the points. Are they taking the points? Yeah, I'm taking the points. Are we Marshall the points? The points. I think yeah. Marshall Florida Atlantic right. is laying the points, so I am taking the points. So you're taking Marshall. Taking Marshall. So Marshall, Marshall. plus four. We are Marshall. <laughs> we are Marshall, plus four over... Uh, FAU. Okay. FAU. Yep. All right, John, you have our Heisman hype train and college football rankings. Okay. I do. Choo choo. Um, we didn't add anyone to the hype train, so as a result, no one is leaving the hype train this week. Uh, so, if I can get a drum roll, um, we did add someone to the hype train. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, we forced you to. We huh. forced. I didn't rank someone. Oh, that no. No, oh, wait, yeah, that's why I didn't write He so wasn't well. on the um, list originally, yeah. No, 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 it wasn't Jonathan Doerr. Um, anyway. <laughs> Shout out Jonathan Doerr, greatest kicker in Notre Dame history now because he could hit. I did not realize that, uh, what's his face, um, Justin Ewan had actually hit a 50-yarder before. I was shocked when um, Mike Tirico told me that. I assumed Justin Ewan hit exclusively 40-yard field goals. Um, anyway, so uh, we have six individuals on the hype train this week. A uh, good bit of diversity geographically. Um, sure, we'll all be proud to know that. Coming in in sixth, we have the man himself, Cole Komet, uh, registering five points on a ranking system, so respectable. We have a tie for fourth uh, between um, Justin Fields, formerly of uh, South Carolina State University, um, or whatever they're calling Georgia now, uh, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas of the Ohio State, Wisconsin, whatever, um, university, land of the Bronze Badgers. Now, the real people that might actually win the Heisman. In third, by one point, Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma University, Boomer Sooner. And I think probably actually the favorite to win the Heisman, regardless of what Vegas says. Um, in second... By three points, Tua, who is not as good at playing football as his cousin. And finally, in first, almost a consensus, but some scumbag ranked him not even in the top three. You can reveal yourself if you want, because I don't remember, but uh, Joe me. Burrow. How would you not even world, have him in the top three? Would you three? not put Joe Burrow in the top three? So I think ahead of him, I had Tua. You had Tua number one, and then you had Jalen Hurts, and then Justin Fields. Let's be honest. They've all been dominant. They've all been dominant. They have. Oh my gosh! No, they have. And here's my Joe Burrow is the only one who has been dominant. Here's my thing because he's the only one who's played anyone. 
I think Jalen Hurts should be eliminated from winning the Heisman because clearly that's a system that's just too dominant and no one in the Big 12 plays defense. Are you kidding me? Outside of, outside of Texas. Alabama's, Alabama's and hold on, I'm not done with Alabama. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm almost there. Calm down. Slow your horses. Okay. Tua doesn't throw the ball further than five yards. Yes. He's and Ian Book. Their wide receivers so, so run misrepresentation. 90 yards. It is a pretty gross misrepresentation. But I wouldn't Book, say it's not entirely fun. I think Joe Burrow should win the Heisman. I mean, right now he's undoubtedly my favorite to win the Heisman. Literally, Alabama's entire offense is slants. And then, and Mike Elko woke up in the middle of the second, right before halftime, and was like, hey, maybe I'll just move a safety over to where I know the slant is going. And they picked him. Like, Tua didn't even, didn't even look. It was just like slants open, boom. Interception, the guy should have ran it back, or should have knelt in the end zone, but instead he ran it back to the 10. Anyway. I mean, if I'm honest, Tua hurts Fieldsboro. That's like a four-way tie, and I give the slight edge to to probably actually hurts if I look at this more closely because of what he does with his legs, and that's just me. Well, and I think Oklahoma is probably the worst team on there. I mean, I mean, Ohio State's pretty bad, but anyway, okay. 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 So, moving on, moving down the rank and file to the bottom rung. Um, we have college football playoff rankings. We have a record number of teams ranked this week. Um, and spoiler alert, none of them were named Georgia again. Georgia appeared for one week and then was promptly dropped. Um, <laughs> love our consistency. We made the number two in the rankings and then ran away f- as fast as we could. Um, so we'll do this traditionally the way we do. Um, uh, we have three teams tied with seven, so we will start at seven. So we will start with the visiting team for the Orange Bowl, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, they came in with one point. They'll be wearing white in the Orange Bowl. Um, next, we have the visiting team in the Rose Bowl, the Oregon Ducks. They'll be wearing whatever color they wear when they're not at home. I don't know what that is. Pick, pick off, one. off yellow or it's something yeah. something weird. And finally, we have the home team in the Cotton Bowl wearing navy, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, um, hosting the Temple Owls in the Cotton Bowl. All right, hosting Oregon in the Rose Bowl. At number six in the rankings, we have the Wisconsin Badgers. They had four points. Um, in fifth, and hosting Penn State in the Orange Bowl, not Virginia, if you remember who it was last time, but the Clemson Tigers. Barely beating out Wisconsin by one point. Um, and now the college football playoffs. So uh, remember, again, we have the Peach and the Fiesta Bowls. Um, we'll assign them based on geographic diversity to the higher, higher seed. Um, and the away team in the Peach Bowl, wearing <laughs> crimson, Alabama. Number four. Um, because they had such a terrible couple weeks. Number three, the away team in the Fiesta Bowl wearing white Oklahoma. Didn't misspell, didn't spell Oklahoma right. They beat, they beat Alabama by two points, so it's kind of significant here. The home team in the Fiesta Bowl are the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, 
and the home team in the Peach Bowl. The matchup I'm sure everyone is waiting for round two of is LSU. Wearing white. So there we go. Unanimous? Unanimous number um, one? Yeah, they were unanimous. They're our first unanimous. There actually, you go. If memory serves. Man, Jeff, that uh, Ohio State-Oklahoma matchup, it's like first team not to score. Loses. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Like, storylines galore, too, with the Justin Fields, oh, Jalen yeah. Hurts, all, yep. all the transfer portal. Yep. Transfer portal. Does anyone actually care about their school's rivalries? Yeah. You know, that sort of no, thing. Exactly. All those. Uh, does anyone have any gripes with this? With ours or with the college football system in general? With with ours, with how this shook out. Yeah, I don't know in what universe you watch football that makes you think Clemson is a better football team than Wisconsin. I mean, they only showed up on two ballots. No, three. Yeah, two ballots. Um, Wisconsin only showed up on one. I just, I just don't rank three teams from the same conference. So, person. That's fine. I just don't like. I don't think you've watched Wisconsin play an ounce of football because there's oh, no, no yeah, way you can watch Clemson. There's no way. Sorry, I'm speaking I'm to sorry. a not you. You. I'm speaking to a the collective uh, and a collective, the collective view. Yeah. There's no way you watch Clemson, Wisconsin play football and come away with the conclusion that Clemson is the better football team. I mean, Wisconsin looked awful against Northwestern. Wisconsin, when you, when you see Pat God. Fitzgerald on the sideline with his Chicago square jaw, just kind of hanging there with his mouth open, trying to breathe. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, wait, this is the guy that's coaching against you and you can't score? That's kind of sad. Uh, why don't you just hand the ball off? I think Wisconsin, I don't want to go down a tangent on this, but they are going to get disadvantaged in the polls and by the opinion makers until they reach the meat of their schedule, which is coming in two weeks when they come to Columbus. Just by, by, vir- by virtue of who they are matter? and their brand. Why does that matter? I, we're I literally I'm, ranking Clemson as high as we're ranking Clemson because they won last year. Exactly. That's the point. They, Clemson I, I, already played their I best I rank them outside the top four. I rank them outside the top four. I just... They're giving I, no, one, no one ranked experience. them inside the top four. <laughs> they're giving off serious 2000 and whatever year Notre Dame went to Florida State um, and Florida State won like seven one-score games with Jameis and they got their rears kicked in the semifinal by Oregon. Like they have, they have those kind of uh, vibes. And I'm not like, like, yeah, no, they do. I'm not saying that like you put Wisconsin and Clemson on the field that Clemson isn't probably going to beat Wisconsin just because they have more talent at the like skill positions but i don't really think that's what this should be about at some point like you actually have to like show what you are capable of on the field yeah that's the problem with this whole thing that's why you need something like a 64 team playoff where you can you can be you can be biased and you can rank people where you want to like they do in college basketball and then when you do that and you get behind and your style of play isn't conducive to getting ahead, you become the first one seed to lose. You know, things happen. You actually have to play well. And I, th- I think expanding the playoff in such a way that we, you know, ESPN loses half of their storylines, but then they get to do bracketology, which is, you know, maybe fun for that. I think that's, that's what you have to do in college football because this, doesn't, this system does not make sense right now. 
it makes less me. sense than the BCS, in my opinion. Amen. Just give me the BCS back. Yeah. I just Two teams the get in, and it's it's just based on, it, and everyone knows what it's based on. It's based everyone on, knows exactly why it happened. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows exactly why it happened. Instead of well, I mean, Ohio State didn't win, but we were really uncomfortable with putting Penn State in the playoff <laughs> after what happened. Um, so we put Ohio State in because we had to. You guys tied our hands, um, you know, or. Well, we have to put out. We are contractually obligated to put Alabama in every playoff. Yeah. So Alabama lost their only game that mattered, but yeah, they're probably the most talented football team in the country. So they should I mean, play in the playoff. It beats the heck out of people actually paying Booger McFarland to say that he knows things about college football when he doesn't even commentate college football games for ESPN. It's like you, you, you guys don't even use him for that. You know who you use for that? You use. Um, the former punter from the Colts and Matt Hasselbeck. They know more about college football than Booger McFarland because they actually prep the games. Um, instead of him just sitting there and blatantly going, I would put three SEC teams in because they're the best conference ever. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, think, I think we have John's waste of data, too. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's, that's old. I can't put that in right now. Do you, uh, okay, well, let's segue into waste of data. Do you have a waste of data? I did. Um, gosh. Oh, Cougar. yeah. No, the okay. immediate aftermath of Georgia losing. The first talking point being, well, Notre Dame season's toast. And it's like, do we not want to appreciate how Georgia's maybe not as good as we thought we were? Can we talk about that a bit first? Or can we talk about how Kirby Smart can't manage a game? Um, you know, or maybe any, any of these other storylines. Or maybe that Will Muschamp just really got his guys going, you know? Or maybe Even that... Though, Georgia lost their better quarterback. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, their best quarterback. Because yeah. there were three, right? So we should probably... Yeah, well, they might have kept the, the third worst one. Um, my wasted data... I have wasted data, actually. To extend this it. podcast even longer. Um, <laughs> That's what we're all about. We're almost done. Uh, Lexi Lawless. I don't know when he said this, but the fact that I'm still remembering it... Um, <laughs> I mean, something. <laughs> Noted Not exactly the sure what it means, Wallace. but it means something. Uh, he tweeted out that uh, Carlos Vela, soon probably to be MVP of the MLS, uh, is a top 20 soccer player in the world. And I almost lost it. I was like this close. For those people who are listening to the podcast and not watching, that's me holding my fingers really closely together. <laughs> that close. Thank you for the verbal. Yep. The tweeting. Alexi Law is back. I could hop on, handle hop on the Twitter handle. It's there for the taking. That is wild to say that Carlos Vela is a top 20 player. Is insane. Sorry. That is meaningless to like both of you and most people, but that just has to be said. Oh, so I have a real waste of data. I have two waste of data. Oh, good. We can just, land, just slide in real quick with these as long as we're extending the segment. First off, um, Waste of data on us for not talking about the amazing baseball that's been going on because I've been loving Thank it. Thank you. Especially the net. I mean, the not the American League so much, to be perfectly honest. The American League kind of sucks. Um, the National League has been the place to go. Um, no, and... no. Okay, now we disagree. No, okay, we disagree, but... Do you know what the score of the Nats-Cardinals game is right now? Live breaking news. No, what is it? Tell it's me, eight please. 8-1 Nats. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so that series is over. Yeah, so our only hope for a compelling LCS is the American League. And honestly, oh, 
that is the World Series. Those are the two best teams in baseball. The, oh, the Astros. Yeah, because the Dodgers are straight garbage. And that was all, yes. That, my so much schadenfreude from, uh, from watching the Dodgers just. Dave Roberts. I love uh, him, but he, he really, really, really mismanaged that game. And so bad. Clayton Kershaw never should have been in a spot to give him back to that just, the miracle of the Nets offloading their best player to my favorite team and then getting significantly <laughs> better. Just amazing, like exponentially better as an organization afterwards. That's great. Second waste of data. Um, so we were talking about commercials, I don't know how long ago, probably a month ago, but I think really just two podcasts ago, maybe like two months ago, but two podcasts ago. So this is a monthly podcast now. Um, and for, <laughs> for whatever reason, I didn't bring up Rudy 2 as the greatest college football commercial of the season. You guys have seen it, right? Rudy 2? Nope. Have you seen it? I've been so blinded by the, the boy band. It's the only thing I can remember. I'm in it's... love with Baker Mayfield's commercials. You oh, got, they're okay, infinitely well, you, better than anything he's doing on the field. You, you guys have to look <laughs> up Rudy 2 and watch it right now while I continue to vamp about commercials. Because it's just amazing. And I need your reaction on the podcast. All right, we'll, we'll do, we're going to have to come back to the reaction. Okay. And then, and then I was just talking with with uh, Prison Cave the other day. We were we were talking about the Colts and commercials in general, and I was just marinating in the the wonder that was Derek Barnett strip sacking Tom Brady and then going right into a tight ad. Uh, that was just. I told her I don't think I've ever been happier in my life. I think that was kind of kind of the peak. It was just amazing. Uh, tight yeah. ads from the Super Bowl. That was just great. Not an ad for Tide, but. It's a tight ad. If Tide wants to drop the bag. Yeah. Uh, all right. In, in the interest of not <laughs> dragging this podcast on any further and getting us to bed, um, my waste of data is that we only talk for baseball for like 60 seconds. Because uh, <laughs> it's a shame. It's the best month of the year for baseball. And uh, next time we're, we, we podcast in sometime in November when the World Series is over, <laughs> we're going to talk some more baseball. Uh, no, we'll be back soon. Uh, so that's the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. Check us out on Twitter. Download, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, we'll be back soon. And until then... Dope.